Hello, welcome to the latest podcast episode from MyCamp's Invisible Strength Series. I am Javi Otero from the operations teams based in our neighbor office. Uh, I have Martin Prestige from the infrastructure team with me today. Hi, Martin. Good afternoon, Javi. Hello, all. Um, yeah, I'm Martin Prestige. Um, like Javi said, from the infrastructure team, we work on um, durability, extending the life of structures for um, anything with reasonable size, really, so bridges, wharves, um, and then more into general construction. So, thank you. Cool. Today, we're privileged to have a special guest joining us virtually. Wafe Swim from Curox 3D Concrete Printers. Welcome, Wafe. Can you introduce yourself and tell us about your experience in the industry? Hi, um, thanks for having me. And um, my name is Wafe, and originally from Egypt. And um, I started um, a business with 3D concrete printing. As far as I know, we, we are the first one in New Zealand and might be the first one in the Southern Hemisphere introduce the technology for large commercial scale projects, whether they're housing or residential or infrastructure projects like clothing and uh, and, uh, and stormwater management systems. So um, we are based in Hamilton. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm originally from Egypt. I have a degree in architectural engineering and I worked in Egypt, Dubai, China, and I moved to New Zealand in 2015. It was the long way around, uh, mainly because my wife is from Hamilton. And um, I've been working here for quite some time. And um, I, I was sick, getting sick and tired of having different versions of the same problems that I have seen elsewhere around the world. So uh, I know that in New Zealand, we, we believe our problems are very difficult and very unique. Uh, they are they're the same problems like everywhere else in the world have. The housing crisis, not just in New Zealand, it's everywhere in the world. The lack of um, uh, resources is the same everywhere in the world, even in China. Uh, that you'll think China doesn't have problems with resources. They actually do have a problem with resources because the construction industry is very tough industry and a lot of people will prefer to work in factories or in office spaces. And also that affects the quality of the treatment that you get and the quality of the final product that you get. And it's the same situation like what we have here. Um, and the only issue is that our market is smaller, which compounds a problem. And uh, this, all of this drove me to look for a new technology and something different because we can't, what, the way we're building is not sustainable from an environmentally angle and also from Product and production angle. Um, if we are building enough houses, if we are doing stuff correctly, why do we have housing crisis? If we are training enough people, why do we have shortage of staff and shortage of tradesmen? And it seems to be that our answer is continuously repeating the same options or the same, the same approach or the same problem, and the problem doesn't go away. So we're doing the definition of madness. We're repeating the same steps, hoping for a different result every time. And New Zealand is not unique in that approach. It's happening everywhere else in the world. And, um, and something has to give. So when I came across 3D printing, I thought that this is, might be one of the options that you can have that elevate some of the pain points that the construction industry globally is facing. So uh, I started to, I came across a video online in 2018 and I said, okay, 
this is interesting. Let's dig a little bit into it. Being a project manager by, by trade, I decided to do a lot of due diligence and I traveled overseas to see where the technology is being developed and used. And then I came back and converted that this is the future of the construction industry. And um, did a lot of um, research and work with engineers in New Zealand and in Europe to try and to see how we can get it compliant with the New Zealand building standard. And we, we did it and it's compliant within the New Zealand building standard. It took us, um, it was a long road. It wasn't really something that happened overnight. And then also we managed to develop a New Zealand mix that we mix in New Zealand for 3D printing. Cool, thank you. That's awesome. Um, so I understand that Curex is leading New Zealand in printed structures. Can you tell us about what type of projects you're working on? So we we are we the technology is very wide range. It can do anything anything that you can think of that's made out of concrete. It, it could make. So we're we we're working on some housing projects that we'll be announcing very shortly. We uh, we have uh, obviously we we are doing we did work with Hamilton Council. We're doing street furniture, the same stuff with Auckland Council. We we work with Fosters and Hamilton, do some commercial projects, and and also we're being um, in the process of maybe doing the first um, um, roading projects with uh, doing retaining walls using three different walls. We're waiting on the final approvals on that. Mm-hmm. So the construction, the, the technology is not limited to one sector. You can use it for housing, obviously. You can use it for commercial, for any structural element. You can use it for landscaping. Like there's unlimited amount of landscaping elements they can do on street furniture with it. From prefab to the box rain, gar- and, um, rain gardens, you can do retaining walls, uh, skate parks, you can do climbing walls, planters, picnic tables. It's just the options are really limited with our imagination. For civils and roading, you can do retaining walls, you can do uh, road um, um, barriers, you can do uh, acoustic walls, you can do sea defenses with it. Um, You can do, even the United States, they started to do military barracks with 3D printing. And so, and rocket rocket launcher shelters with it. So you can have military applications for it, you can have, you know, civilian applications for it. So it's, it's really limited to what what we can think we can do with it, and physics, because I have some architects that for some reason think that we can print stuff in midair and defy gravity. But other than that, it's just, it's limitless. Uh, and we are widening our net as much as we can. And we, to our surprise, the councils, everyone complains about councils, but they are the first adapters for us. And, um, and they're putting their weight behind it. And they're also saying that this is, might be an alternative to a lot of the problems that they are facing, especially about maintenance of their asset and, um, and doing unique designs that will actually blend with the environment around them. So one of the things that we're looking into doing over hopefully in the next year or so is, is doing stuff for marine life, the glank on in, in, in wharfs around the country and um, because they actually print coral reefs using 3D printing overseas. So it, the applications is, it, as I said, is um, infinite options. Really. 
Well, yeah, seem to be endless possibilities. Um, can you tell us about the benefits of the printing structures compared to the conventional methods? So you have, um, with, with 3D printing, you are um, compared to traditional. Traditional, you bulk up because you fill up everything. With 3D printing, you can target really where you want to have um, uh, concrete. So when we do, for example, seats, we save anywhere between 30 to 80% of the amount of concrete that you will do for, for the same structure, depending obviously on the design that we have. So with the, with the our case study that we did with the Hamilton Council seats, we saved 80% of the concrete by using 3D printing. So as that, you're immediately reducing the carbon footprint of the project dramatically just by not using more concrete because you don't need to use more concrete. Uh, with the, we did a project with the Oakland Council and we saved 30% of the concrete that's used on the seats. Um, again, because they are printed, um, you, um, you can reduce the carbon footprint of any project by using 3D printing. So that's, that's one thing. Also, we, we print a lot faster. We can do anywhere between four to six square meters of wall within an hour of printing. And we can lift it the next day and place it on site. So nothing can beat up that in speed. So, uh, and also every wall could be unique. So without having to pay for molds or, or anything different uh, that you need to do. And, uh, and as, as, as you can imagine, being a cement-based material, it's quite durable. So where you, can, you only need to apply a very light coat of sealer on it and um, to prevent it from staining because the material itself is, uh, is watertight because of the high strength that you get out of it. Um, and we did also tests in New Zealand to make sure that it's again compliant with the building standard and to make sure that the New Zealand mix that we have is performing the same as the mix that's, that's been done in Europe. And it's so far it's performing as good as some, some cases even better. As you were mentioning before, environmentally friendly, it's an important point. Can you open that up a bit for us, please? Yeah, so traditionally you have um, concrete structures are made predominantly from Portland cement. And the biggest issue with the Portland cement is almost like one kg of Portland cement and produces one kg of carbon dioxide. And with the material that we use, uses a rapid set cement and the rapid set cement it baked at a different temperature compared to Portland cement. So from the get-go, it saves, depending who you read and what, what business cases save from 30 to 50% of the carbon, carbon emissions producing it. There are some people that claim it produces 30%, some people claim that it produces 50%. So the truth some way lies in the middle and it's very difficult to pinpoint because different companies use different processes. So from the get-go, you're saving 30% of the carbon footprint but then you're using a lot less material of it. So the overall impact is less and the projects are faster and you have less waste. And the material that we use uses a lot less water compared to traditional cement, because if we use the same amount of water, it will not stand up. Because uh, at the end of the day, when you're printing a wall, the wall three meters high, it will, it will take an hour to print. So the bottom layer needs to be strong enough to carry the weight of the wall. So if you use the same like 40 or 50% water cement ratio, this wall will be on its side. It will not stand up. So we use 15 to 18% water cement ratio, which is a lot lower. So yeah, again, you're saving on water you, and you're saving on time. 
and time seems to be the most valuable resource on the planet. Uh, so this is where the environmental impact ends up happening. And with Oakland University, we're working through a, a research paper that's comparing three different houses to a timber frame house to a steel timber frame house. And it is uh, on par with timber uh, over the life cycle of the build. And not as a material by itself, but you don't do a house just from a piece of timber. Um, but if you do a life cycle analysis from cradle to grave, as they say, uh, 3D printing is very similar to timber and in some cases outperforms it. Um, concrete houses generally uses less uh, power for heating because of the thermal mass that they can maintain. And this is not me saying it, this is based on brands um, life cycle calculation and also based on, um, on the case studies around the world. Um, timber is a very good product, but you don't only build your house out of timber. It's a very exciting technology, isn't it? Um, it's sort of a, it's good to be at the cutting edge. Um, the, yeah, I, I'm interested in the um, durability side. So, um, do you have any study or research on the how long your concrete lasts over against um, conventional concrete? And then, does it face any of the challenges that we're having and with, um, say, uh, ASR or um, various aggregates that expensive aggregates, that kind of thing, that are all moisture driven? How do you get on there? So the biggest the biggest thing is that we're actually that the components that we use in uh, in the concrete has been already used before. So we are just repurposing them for the for 3D printing. So the rapid set material that we use has already been used for bridge repairs, uh, dam repairs, um, and uh, and they need it just for particularly for the rapid setting, the high, the early strength that the material achieves and the low shrinkage. So which deals with a lot of the stuff that traditional concrete have also we are not printing walls that are 10 meters long. So your shrinkage cracks also get, risk gets reduced quite dramatically. Using a low water to cement ratio also help with that. So your, your shrinkage almost is non-existent. Yes, there's shrinkage, but we're talking about a fraction of a millimeter. And also because we get all of the chemical reaction happens quite early in the process, you don't have, again, risk of cracks. Um, along the time. So also the aggregate that we use is nothing really special. We use aggregate in New Zealand. So it's not like the same thing that you use with any dry mortar that you buy off the shelf. Just the, the ratios and the sieve analysis is different. We don't use any imported aggregates. We just use what we have in New Zealand and that's why we had to develop a mix, particularly for New Zealand to suit the aggregates that are available on the market. Um, during the development, we we had to bang our head against the wall several times. And the answer was, why don't you just import aggregate from Australia because they have all of the sand that you want. And my answer was, uh, I want to make it in New Zealand. I want to be as, as much of a local product as I can. Um, not because of COVID, because I believe that if you want to be sustainable, you need to source locally as much as you can. Yeah, sure. The other um, question I was thinking of, so if what about um, reinforcing for structural elements? 
with um, so many, well, I was going to say voids or um, the way 3D printing where you, where you print more of the outside of the shell. How do you go um, making sure you've got enough cover for your, over your um, structural reinforcement elements? So generally speaking, when we do, when we print layers, um, we don't do any layers less than 30 mil. Predominantly will be somewhere between 35 to even 40 mil. So this is typically your traditional concrete cover. I believe you need to be over 20 or 25 mil to have concrete cover for any reinforced structures. And so, so this becomes your, the, immediately the, the cover for, for it. Uh, secondly, we place the horizontal reinforcement while we're printing, if we're printing the wall and the vertical reinforcement get tied after that, either done off-site or on-site. So if we're doing it, we have different ways of doing it. You can have, you can do cross packs and we, if we're filling it up off-site and then you deliver it to site. But predominantly we try to avoid that. We try to fill the panels on-site mainly because of the amount of panels that we can transport. If the panels are hollow, then they are a lot lighter, as you can imagine. Um, and then you don't need to have a crane. You can lift them on the high up, and then you place them on the vertical reinforcements in place. You grab them on site, and off you go. You don't need to do any popping. You don't need to do anything for it because the vertical reinforcement, the horizontal reinforcement are tied together, and they're holding the panel. And this is what they're designed to be. Also, we don't do multi-story panels in one head, so we don't do six meters. We do we do low lower rise panels, and then you do the mid floor, and then we do the next one which is very different approach to precast panels that they get 10, 12 meter high panels and they stand them up in one hit. And uh, the risk of, uh, of lifting and getting people crushed and big cranes and all of this gets eliminated when you do small panels that you don't need to lift them 10 meters high and uh, people are standing next to them rather than doing knuckle boom and all of this stuff. So your transport costs get dropped quite dramatically and also you're using local concrete rather than printing, rather than um, moving concrete from one side of the uh, country to the other side of the building. So again, reducing the carbon footprint. Um, and um, durability wise, as I, as I mentioned before, we're using materials that's already been used in the industry for so many decades and that the formulas are there. It's just repurposing, that's it. It's interesting. So you've spoken a lot about transporting finished product panels, whatever you decide. Yeah. I understand your particular um, printer, if you like, is quite mobile. You can take it just about anywhere. Do you see that being a popular option moving forward of taking the printer to site, or do you always see it more of a factory shipping the end product? Well, it, the, the, you're, you're the drive. Uh, we, we can print on-site or off-site, and that's why we practically went for this. So when we did the public demonstration in Hamilton, and we did it in Garden Place, we did the public demonstration for Oakland in Alatea Square. We took the panel and printer in the morning, we printed, we, uh, we took everything back at the end of the day, and that was it, really. So it, it, I, I believe that every project is, dictates what they have. Sometimes you can print off-site, this is the best benefit for the project, and sometimes you print on-site. So some of the projects that we're talking about, we'll be printing on-site. Some of them will be completely printed off-site. Some of them is a mix. So the best thing you can do is that you have, give yourself as much option and flexibility. So you can do off-site 
like in a precast factory setup, or you can do on-site when you have access issues and you have lifting issues and you're doing big, unique elements that you're worried about them cracking. Because one of the projects that we're doing, we have a wall, the, whole, the wall by itself is 6.2 meters wide and three meters high. So transport will be a nightmare. And the wall is curved and on a lean. So you cannot do a mold for it and uh, that's it. So that's why we're printing it on site. And we can do it in one hit because we're doing it on site. If we're doing it off site, then it would be multiple panels, maybe two or three panels. But having the option to do it on site without having to do a mold and we print the wall, we printed a test sample of six square meters, it was in one hour. So this wall will be done in three hours. There's no other technology that can compare to this speed. Yeah, that's exciting. I think um, Harvey had a question around how long it takes to print things. Yeah. Yes, maybe you get this question asked a lot, but um, how long would it take to print small house? Uh, around a week. Oh. So uh, you can stand timber framing or you can do timber framing or you can do seal framing in the same, in the same period of time or you can even argue you can do it faster, but uh, you still need to clad them. Uh, our wall gets delivered or print on site and that's it. You don't need cladding. It's finished. So this is where the speed comes in. And also, you don't have to worry about moisture content because concrete effectively does not care about water. Actually, it doesn't care about water so much that we use it for ports and we can use it, we use it for dams. Uh, so you don't have to worry about moisture content. You try to close your building as fast as you can so you can actually do the finishing on. And then having a coat of sealer on it prevents the concrete from staining. And that's about the treaty. Concrete will not degrade in rain. Uh, it will only might get a little bit dirty. That's about the treaty. Cool. So if our listeners want to reach out to you, what's the easiest way they can get in touch? So we have uh, through our website, there we have um, a contact page there. They can uh, tell us about the project that they're working on or what they're thinking about doing. And um, and this will believe is the best way to, to try and uh, to see how we can help. Uh, we are mainly focused on the North Island, but we're getting a lot of interest in the South Island. Uh, we're getting a lot of people that want to do houses uh, everywhere. So we're, unfortunately, we cannot cover the whole country in the beginning. So, but we're trying to figure out a way how we can spread as quickly as we can and deliver to the demand because everyone in the country has the same similar issues. That's great. Um, it's great to hear your enthusiasm about this technology uh, and especially environmental friendly. Here at MyCon, we, sh we share a keen interest in the cutting edge of concrete construction. Thank you so much for going through that with us today. And to all our listeners, get in touch. If you like more information, our contact details are mycamglobal.com. Have a great day and don't miss our next episode. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for having me. Well, it's been a pleasure.